Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. you on the pod dude because like i've been seeing some of the stuff that you've been doing in the community and i think it's just like freaking hilarious dude uh Uh, what do you what do you uh what do you what what kind of feedback do you get regularly i mean um people like it it's pretty good i i mean honestly um you know, I'm just uh, I'm just trying to do the best I can to be the voice of and physical manifestation of liberal politics, and that's all there is to it, Car. So, if if, <laughs> if, people, if people don't know what's well, like, give people like a sense of like the kind of videos you make because I, I met you through like just pedicabbing. Yeah, I um send I send a message to the awesome Bitcoin Club about trying to get podcast guests, and we did a we did a really good episode. It was pretty serious. We had factually on point topics. And then we started following each other on social media. And it was around that time that I decided to start trolling city council meetings um, in order to, uh, well, hold up a mirror and imitate some of the insane policies and ideas that we've been um, listening to and becoming impacted by. And so uh, I basically go to city council meetings and school board meetings and behave like a typical CNN pundit or staff member in the Biden administration. And yeah, yeah, we'll put, we'll put, we'll put a big old square up here so people can see it uh, once we do post. But um, the Ninja Turtles one is, mm. <laughs> that's the one that I think is like by far the funniest. Uh, it, it's like you dressed up in a Ninja Turtles, uh, like Michelangelo, right? And you're, and you're literally just um, like telling everybody to wear a mask and, well, yeah, COVID isn't over. I mean, it's about protecting the community. And I just wanted to let people know that I believe in science. And so we wore a mask. And how awesome, how awesome was that? It was, it was hard to breathe. Really? It was, I was like panting because I could not breathe at all. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Do they tell, do they tell you anything? Like when you come in, like, do you put on the Ninja Turtle mask? I just put it on when I, when I went up to speak. 
Okay, but like when you're past, because they have security, right? Like, yeah. how does that work? Do they say, sir, what's this? What's this turtle mask for? Uh, well, it's, it's it's for fighting COVID to keep you safe. You should be thanking me. And that's that's kind of, <laughs> and they let you go right through. Yeah, I, I'm friends with like the security guards. Like they love me. Oh, really? The security guards are like, you got to be the mayor. You got to run for mayor again. Like they they're all they they love this stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's awesome. They're like usually when I come in, they're usually like pretty happy to see me when I walk in. Yeah. It's the council members that are not happy to see me. What do they tell you? Well, they don't tell me anything, but they just look at me with just total disdain and disgust. Really? When I give, yeah. Do they absolutely. know what you're doing? Do they know? Do uh, they of get course, it? they know what I'm doing. Okay, but they have to listen to it, right? Yeah, legally, they that's that's, that's they, your job. yeah. I have a con- I have constitutionally protected speech, and I have the right to speak at these meetings as long as I'm not threatening violence or doing anything along those lines, right? Or as long as I'm not like actively disrupting a meeting, then they have to listen to me. And I'm not because I'm speaking on relevant talking points. Like I'm still speaking on behalf of that relevant agenda item, you know? Yeah. It's crazy to me how like, how how you blew up. Like you just got on my radar and I've been watching your Instagram stuff since then. And it's, uh, it's amazing to see the amount of following that you've grown, but also it's kind of cool to see what like people really think. Do you know? Yeah. I like mean, they, they all somewhat agree with you for the most part. Like they see what's going on in our community and they're just like, this is getting ridiculous. Like they're thinking about passing like monkey pox or something. Well, like, what is no, that? they, made, a, they made it a public health emergency. But why? What is monkey pox? I don't even know what this is. I, I believe I could be wrong. It's a disease where like if you have, um, a multitude of sexual partners with the same sex and you're a guy, you get a bunch of legions that kind of resemble smallpox. That's what monkey, isn't yeah. that like HIV and AIDS though? Well, it's not exactly HIV and AIDS because people are getting better from it, right? Okay. But it's just kind of an STD, but they don't want to call it an STD because it'll stigmatize a certain community that they cannot stigmatize because there is, well, you know, so do kind they- of a little bit of an agenda going on, even though there's nothing wrong with, you know, being like that, they're just, people are so afraid to like say the truth that they're just not going to call it what it is. Oh, wow. And, and do you get monkeypox just from like interacting with people? Like, No, how- you get monkeypox most likely from like sharing skin to skin contact with like active legion lesions. And they want to do a whole mandatory thing around that? There's, there's not, that's not going to happen. No, is it because I, of people I, like you that are stopping it? No, or? I just don't think it's going to happen because it's not, um relevant it's, it's not of relevance right like with covid even though it was bullshit like they could justify that because they said covid's transmissible through like breathing and air and it's a respiratory virus and, and there's enough cases it's highly contagious and you know you can get covid by um being in the same room and breathing on someone and touching someone and no one knows how it's spread but everybody knows how monkeypox is spread right now so if they were to like start offering or doing monkeypox restrictions the, people are already worried about like the attack on like gay people and trans people and all that stuff. Like it's just going to make all that stuff that they're worried about, like worse if they did that. Yeah. Does that mean, you know what I mean? So I don't yeah. think that they want to do that because of that. Yeah. How closely do you follow all, all like all the stuff that's going on in the, in like the mainstream news and stuff like that? Is it something that you actually have to do a lot of work to do or, I mean, or is it more like you just kind of, you're doing more of the reading or like, how does that work? Both. Like I, there are certain accounts that I follow or there are certain things that I'll like, I'll read and I do my best to try to like look at things from a kind of non-biased or look at like oilprices.com or something and like read about that, you know, cause it's just 
really basic and mathematically like sound or I'll, I'll listen to like pomp or something like that. or listen to some segments that he does. Um, and you know, I have like certain like conservative accounts that I'll follow when it comes to like some of the crazy culture jamming stuff mm-hmm. and I'll see like Alex Stein's videos and whatnot. And so like, I have a, a hodgepodge of sources that I listen to and like just come up with my own independent conclusions based on what I'm observing and listening to. So, I mean, that's kind of it. And then just form your own opinion based on what's happening. Right. Yeah. Can you pass me a little water? Yeah. Did you get some, uh, did you get some water? I did. The water's great actually. It was like some yeah. Cow installed like this, like uh, filtration system or something. This is some shit. Like, it's some good water, right? This is probably the best. Yeah. This is great water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I think, I think the thing I wanted to bring you on the most is just because like, dude, your shirt, like I see a lot of people wearing it now. Down Do you really? I never, <laughs> so, I've only seen myself wearing it. So I see you, there's a couple big corners that I see. I guess you sold it to them or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw like two other people the other day when I was just walking down six. Uh, but how famous are you in, in like the local Austin scene as far as like wow. our community that we were here? Cause you're like the only pedicabber besides the the owner over there uh that i know uh like of like how many other people like how many other people know who you are inside the city like um enough to to run for mayor maybe and win well no not not even close i did it four years ago just totally as a joke right um but i mean i appreciate you saying that i'm blowing up and i doesn't feel like i am yeah it feels like I'm getting some more attention. Yeah. And what I'm doing is gaining traction, which is great. But I don't think I'm quite there yet. I think ultimately, you know, if you believe in what you're doing and you're passionate about it and you're doing it for the right reasons, then whatever happens is meant to happen and it's going to occur, right? Yeah. Um, it's like self-manifestation or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the shirts, right? You're talking about the shirts. Well, listen, you know, like we're... We're in Joe Biden's America right now. Joe Biden, he got 81 million votes. He's the greatest president of all time. He's super popular. All the Civil War veterans that came back from the dead to vote for him. My cat <laughs> also casted about for Biden. Like, he's great. Everybody loves Biden. And if you don't love Biden, you know, you probably should go into a re-education camp and you're a domestic terrorist. But that's not the point. Like, the point is, like, we're in Biden country and you can be whatever you want to be. And you could be- Are identif- those your pronouns? You can, well, yeah, you can identify as whatever you want. And, you know, like there's, there's a war on the, the trans community and part of like being trans is like identify, like being able to identify as whatever you want to identify as without being judged or mocked. And so I choose to identify as somebody who's had three shots and five boosters when in fact I have had zero and it's because love is love and trans lives matter. And this is what the shirts are. And my pronouns are vaxxed and vaccinated. And if you'd like to buy a shirt, please contact me, you know? I'm happy to sell to you. Yeah, like yeah. What's shop. your Instagram? It, like, I feel like your Instagram is no, really great. Showtime Alex Stranger is my Instagram. Yeah. What was up that I saw that you went up to Leander or something? And then like you're, you, uh, some, some house mom, like, uh, went after you like socially, right? Well, she was a social justice warrior or something. Um, what are you referring to? There was a thing in Leander where like, uh, I saw a clip and you were, you went up there and you're talking about your child and how your child, your child is oh. identifying itself as a dinosaur. Oh. And they wanted to kick you off stage. Well, no, I already finished speaking, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was talking about my 10 year old daughter, Annabelle, and we got to protect our trans kids, right? And like my, my daughter, she, um, she's identified as a dinosaur since she was three. And it's really troubling when her science teacher was, was saying that the dinosaurs are extinct because it's really triggering and it's abusive. And you know, my daughter, she comes home crying every night. She's like, daddy, 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 daddy. 
What kind of dinosaur is it? A T-Rex? I was like, well, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, the, the teacher, she says, um, um, Ms. Hubbard, but the, the dinosaurs are extinct that I don't exist. And I'm like, no, baby girl, listen, like you're a Tyrannosaurus Rex and you are valid. Okay, Annabelle. And, and so I gave the speech, you know, um, and then right afterwards, some lady just had to go on stage and say that I was, uh, that I was a troll and, you know, I go there just to, for retweets to rile up meetings. Really? Which, how does she no know? Shit. Like I literally talked, I gave a speech with my daughter being a dinosaur. Like how, how does much, she know though? I don't know. Probably she looked at my Twitter. I don't even know. For I don't, all, I, don't, for all I, don't. I know, you could have a daughter named Annabelle and like mm-hmm. identifies a T-Rex. Like that's normal now. Uh, it is normal now. That's what, exactly that. That's what I'm saying. Like the absurdity of, of it all is that we're moving on such a crazy pendulum that this is becoming accepted as fact in certain areas. Yeah, as soon as you went up there and like, I was like, you know what? In this America, he has every right to say that. And like, how dare she? The superintendent's office. Did they reach out to you? Yeah, they were going to investigate the teacher. And I didn't even know that Miss Hubbard was like a real teacher. I was just trying to like. Oh, poor Miss Hubbard. Add to the story. And so I had to go talk to like the superintendent's office and pretty much say, um, listen, like I'm an entertainer. Like I speak at these meetings to point out like, you know, crazy policies to like help bring sanity to what's going on. I don't want this lady to lose her job in any capacity. Like I told you guys, my daughter's a dinosaur. Like, how are you investigating this? This is wild. And I videotaped the whole thing and it was just that got traction. Are you going to release it? Did you release it? It's on my YouTube channel. It's on my Instagram. It's on my Twitter. Yes. The whole conversation with that lady is on my YouTube. Yeah. The, the geo, the, the chair of the Texas Republican party shared that video and was like, this is insane. And like the head of the public, the head of Texas scorecard shared it too. Dude, what kind of world are we living in right now? Do you think Austin is safe from it? Or do you think we're like at the front of it? Yeah. Like, like seriously, like I'll let you drink, drink so you can catch your breath and stuff. Uh, but like, what do you, do you, do you think like Austin is safe from that, Alex? Or you no, think it's, Austin's about to turn into San Francisco, bro. You have no idea. What's so? Oh, I know. So, oh man, what do we do? Do we just ignore it? No. Do you follow city council meetings? No. Do you follow any? any the only ones I follow are you or whenever you, you, you uh, you're my city well, council. Good. Then I guess I got to keep speaking so people know what the hell's going on. Did right? you have on like, uh, what's her name? Your friend McKenzie, isn't it? McKenzie. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie Kelly. What is she doing about this? <laughs> like, I mean, what she's on do? the city council, right? What can't you do? She's the only conservative member on, um, conservative in quotes, member on the, on the council anyway. Is um, she, I know she voted against the monkeypox thing, right? Mackenzie votes. Um, Mackenzie has a really good voting record. She votes the right way that she's that every council member is supposed to vote, right? Yeah. But it's also really easy to vote the right way when you're the only conservative member on the dais <laughs> and your vote was not going to count. Dang, dang. And you know that your vote's not going to count. So what do you do in that situation? Do we, do we get more people that have a little bit more, uh, a sane approach to all this stuff uh, on nope. the, on the council or like, can we do anything at this point? Is it? No, you can't. I mean, I think for this election cycle, we're kind of screwed, right? You think so? Oh, I know so. What are you seeing out there? What, what, you mean as far as just Austin, right? Not Texas? Or you think Texas is screwed too? No, I think Texas should probably be okay. Um, but Austin is screwed. Um, and I'll explain to you why, right? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So basically, pretty much everybody that's like running for um, for council and mayor and whatnot, most of pretty much, right? Pretty much everybody, they got they got pronouns in their like Twitter bio. Okay. okay. 
So let's just repeat that one more time, right? Or in 2022, okay? If you have pronouns in your bio when all this stuff is going on, chances are you probably, you probably wanted lockdowns, right? Right. Chances are last year you would have treated me like a second class citizen because I didn't want to get a shot. Right. Chances are you're okay with a district attorney that doesn't want to prosecute violent criminals. Right. Um, chances are you're okay with giving yourself a 40% pay raise, which the city wants to do for Wait, its council they're, members. They're giving them more money. They, they're, they're about to vote to give themselves a 40% pay raise. It's a, uh, a station reporter, Ryan Atulo, uh, tweeted that, right? How much, how much are they getting paid they're, right they're now? They're already making like 80K a year. So it's gonna, they're going to be making like 115K a year or some shit like that, right? Wow. Um, what do they do again? They just meet like once a week or something? Or? I don't you know. Well, once every couple of weeks. But anyway, the point is, um, chances are, if you got pronouns in your, if you, if you have that, right? You probably think it's cool for like drag queens to like read stories to children that, that are like four years old. Are they really doing that? Yes. In Austin? Though? Yes, yes, yes. Where are they doing that at? They have like events in like libraries. They have like kid drag shows. Like they have all types of weird stuff. No way, dude. Yeah. You've got footage of this? Like in There's articles about that. Literally Google it. Oh, I don't look up that stuff, but. But it's there, right? It's um, happening here in Austin though? Yeah. Also, hmm. how many pro Bitcoiners do you know have pronouns in their bio? I don't know. I don't know of any. Think about it, right? Yeah. How many people that we know or that you know that you work with, that you interact with, that are Bitcoiners that really believe in like freedom and liberty and all that stuff that walk around feeling the need to say, Hey, my name is John. My pronouns are he, him, or he, they, how many? No, none. Like that doesn't exist in the Bitcoin space. We just, we just are, you are who you beings. are. Yeah, and, we're and human beings. And Nobody we cares and be, be yourself. And that's yeah, it. Right? We yeah. just accept who you are yeah. regardless. Like that stuff never even comes up. <clears throat> all right. So basically what does that say when pretty much every single candidate that's running has pronouns. <clears throat> I don't know, man. Does that mean that they're not thinking logically and like with, um, well, it means that they probably support mind? the same policies that led to San Francisco becoming San Francisco and Los Angeles becoming Los Angeles and New York city becoming New York city and Chicago becoming Chicago. That's the logical assumption. Right. Um, and so with that being said, you do have a couple of conservative candidates that are running, right? <clears throat> but either a, they have no charisma B, they're awesome, but they're just running in an area where they have almost no chance of winning based on demographics. <clears throat> or C, they just don't have the um, ability or wherewithal to understand today's changing landscape for communication. And they're not effectively able to um, communicate the problems that we're dealing with to a wide range of people and do it in a way that makes people engaged. Right. Like you don't know who's running for mayor, right? No, I don't know right now. But why? There's a conservative candidate. Her name is Jennifer Verdon. Why and is it, no one talking about her? Ex why is exactly why? Because she's not interesting. <laughs> where, where is she? <laughs> because like, she's just a candidate and she's okay. There's nothing like wrong with her or horrible about her, but like, but why aren't, why aren't, why is, why isn't the Austin American Statesman or like the Chronicle talking about these two candidates like publicly? But you don't even know who the Democrat candidates are either. Yeah. I don't know any of this stuff. Like so, why, I mean, why aren't they publishing? Well, it gets, stuff? it gets brought up, but you also have to take it upon yourself to read it. Right. But like, okay. So like, why is Jennifer Vernon not like really going out and being fully active in the community? Like why isn't the a candidate for Austin mayor hitting up the the Austin Bitcoin club? Why isn't she messaging you? Like if I'm running for a public office, right? 
Hit us up. I'm, I'm hitting you up. Like I'm I'm using the, um, the Bitcoin space and the Bitcoin research as much as possible to get the message across. Because I know that like there's Bitcoin the people, people that like support freedom are going to be the ones that like want to amplify what I'm doing. And they're going to be the ones who are the most tech savvy. They're going to be the ones who are going to like um, use their platform and their brand to try to give me as broad of an audience as possible. Even Mackenzie. Has Mackenzie ever tried to contact you? No, dude. I don't she, know why. She exactly. She never tried to contact you. And you know what? She put a crypto bill out. Remember? She put out that crypto Dude, bill. Dude, I, I even I even wrote an article on that. I wrote an article on that. Uh well Remy did, but we did it on Thriller Bitcoin. And like no one ever um, followed up. Nobody followed up, right? You know? And that's the thing. Someone like Mackenzie, right? I love her. Nice lady, but if I'm the lone conservative on this dais and I really care about um, fixing Austin and unfucking up everything the city fucked up with, right? And making Austin a place that's for everybody, I am using my platform to get as much PR and as much publicity for myself as possible so that when the next election cycle comes, I will have allies. You know, because that, that's your goal. You're the one Republican. Your job is to get allies for the next election cycle. Mm-hmm. And you, all you did was just vote correctly. Which, well, good for you for voting correctly. But you did almost nothing to get support, to, to really garner like widespread support for you, your brand, what you represent. And because of that, like that support isn't going to translate to other candidates in the city. Yeah. It sounds Gosh. like it sounds like we're up. We're on. We're on a long uphill battle. You know, you're a sitting city council member, right? And Austin, you're a, you're a sitting city council member, and you have the mayor of Miami on speed dial. You know, you could go hit up Francis Suarez. Oh lord! Right, you could, and say, "Hey, man, how do we make Austin a hyper Bitcoinized city? What can we do?" No, but that guy's like he's the one that got stacks over there, and like. Started shilling a, a so crap he made a mis- coin. he made a mistake, but he made Austin, a mistake. Yeah, he made a mistake. But Miami is still a very is a very Bitcoin centered city. It's more of a, and a crypto lot, city, to be honest with you. But still, people do accept Bitcoin. Some places, yeah. We were in there for the conference, and it was it was fine. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he'd be the best mayor for that. He's not. Uh, but he's he's the best one so far because nobody else is doing it. I think there's some small towns in uh, like in the Midwest that just uh, got Bitcoin on their balance sheet uh, maybe about like a month ago. Um, so I think, I think for us, I mean, we see it clear as day is like, you know, Austin, the city needs to be holding Bitcoin on its balance sheet. Um, they need to facilitate whatever they need to do to get more Bitcoin companies here. Uh, there's a lot of things, but I think, I think it just at the very beginning, it's just like, let's just get free press for both sides. Like, that's my thing is like, I don't care who wins, but like, let the best candidate win by allowing them both to have a platform. That's my biggest thing personally. Yeah. It's like. May the best person win with with equal share of uh, a free press. Nobody who's running it shouldn't for be office. an agenda. I don't know a single young person in Austin that's excited about local politics in Austin. Well, nobody, right? Do you know a single person in Austin that's excited about anything that's going on locally? Probably, in Austin? probably just me and you and. No, no, but you, not even you. You don't even know who's running. You're not, you're not excited about any candidates. I'm excited to have you here to talk about it. You're excited about me, but that's it. The only person that you're excited about is literally me talking to you, right? About this. Okay, but that's the thing. Nobody but else- that's where it starts, though, It Alex. starts with me, and I'm, I'm doing my best, right? But I'm just explaining why, why we're heading down a bad path, right? It's because there's nobody else that generates excitement. 
What do we do? Do we hit up the Chronicle? We hit up the Statesman? No, those people are propaganda outlets, right? You think so? Absolutely. I know so, right? Why do you say that? Because they are. Um, Because if you went on Twitter during COVID, you had journalists from the Statesman, the Chronicle, from KV, from KXAN, that were activists for getting a vaccine. They were activists promoting lockdowns. They were activists like trying to shame people and treat people like second-class citizens because they didn't want to get vaccinated. You had people who worked for CBS Austin that were actively saying that we need a vaccine mandate in order to function. Okay. So that's not what you do. Um, What you do is you got to figure out what do people our age want? We want financial freedom. We want to own investable assets. We want to grow things. We want to make stuff. We want to like actively get our names known throughout history. We're probably one of the most ambitious generations in like 50 years. Yeah. You know, we are. Um, and the key to doing that is through Bitcoin and new technologies and giving everybody like, um, a level playing, a level playing field or an opportunity and an understanding of how to take, use this new technology and use this new thing that's happening to grow and advance your position in life. And nobody running is embracing that. If we had like an actively pro Bitcoin candidate, they, they, they would have gotten a lot of attention. And even Mackenzie, she could have gone on Pomp's Best Business Show to talk about her crypto bill. Nope, didn't happen. She can come on this show anytime she, she wants. She could. That's what I'm saying. We're like, right down the street. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's come talk Bitcoin. And she should. I or you don't have to talk Bitcoin. Talk whatever you want to talk. Like, it's an yeah. open platform. We're not. We're not going to shut you out. But that's that's the problem with what's happening. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's unfortunate, man. This is why I feel like uh, with what we do here in Austin, as far as like Bitcoiners, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I know me personally and close, close friends of mine, we just build the future that we want and um, they're going to continue doing what they're doing. And at some point we're going to be there when they're ready to move over. And that's just kind of how I see it. It's like, I can't worry about all these other things that are going on. I'm just going to keep building, make these relationships like you get it, get, get the information out there, build all this infrastructure and then at some point, whenever they do see the light, they will come over. But I mean, it's definitely hard to, to see it get run down in the process. Well, that's why uh, I'm doing what I'm doing at these council meetings. Because uh, <clears throat> I think a lot, I think these people are past the point of reason. Yeah. Um. Every policy they make is kind of mocking us, specifically giving themselves a 40% raise when we have rampant homelessness, rising crime. We can't fix our traffic lights. The roads are disgusting. If you go down Rainy Street, um, oh, yeah, they you have full-blown traffic jams on Rainy Street all night long because of the influx of Uber drivers that are out there, right? And then you're like, oh, we got to give ourselves a 40% raise. You know how many small businesses got wrecked from all the lockdowns that happened? And then they just decide to pay themselves more? That is like active, that, that is the greatest like active display of mockery that you could almost imagine, right? So they deserve what they're getting. And it just makes me more motivated to like just keep culture jamming and just keep going to these meetings and just like really holding that mirror up. Yeah. Um, and honestly, more people need to do that here. Well, thank you for the work that you do out there, Alex. I'm, every time I see you, sometimes I'll see you riding the pedicab around. I'll be like, there he goes. It was my hero right there. I, I try. Well, thank you. I appreciate are you gonna, that. Are you gonna? Uh, are you gonna run for mayor this time? No, because I I don't live in Austin anymore. I bought a house in Johnson oh, City. Like really? Yeah, I bought this house in January. Like um, I know what's happening in Austin. I know what's gonna happen here. 
Uh, right? dude, don't leave. Well, I, I mean, I, I work here. My life is here, but. Um, How nice is it in Johnson City? It's a lot better. Yeah. I think that I think I made a really good investment. I'm buying a home there because when Austin turns to shit in five years, which it will, considering what's happening and how Honestly, asleep the real people are. To say with it. Well, good. I hope I'm wrong. But from what I see right now with the fact that there's so many young people that are just unaware of what's going on in Austin and unmotivated to really do much because you don't have, you have such a small number of people that are really bringing attention to what's happening and doing it in a way that's like, that's positive, uplifting, and charismatic, you know, and then there's an insane amounts of money funding these like other people, like these pronoun people that are coming in, right? Replacing Mm -hmm. the other council that we have. It's, uh, what do you think is going to occur? Like, what do you think is going to happen to Austin in five years? If we keep going in the direction that we're going, I don't know when you have a D when you have a, a district attorney that doesn't prosecute real criminals, I've been, I've been here. And people yeah. don't even know. And, and most people in Austin, if you were to even bring that up, they don't even know who Jose Garza is. Who is that? Jose, yeah. <laughs> Jose Garza is a district attorney in Austin. Okay. Okay. And um, Jose Garza is a district attorney in Austin who throws out PR bonds to violent criminals on a reoccurring basis. A PR bond is a personal reconnaissance bond. What does that right? mean? It means that like, um, if you're basically like, if you're poor, you're a minority and you're like, uh, on the lower end of the socioeconomic ladder, if you, um, get arrested because they don't want to keep people in prison unjustly, if they're poor minorities, cause it stigmatizes them, they will lower bail conditions and sometimes eliminate bail requirements. Is it because they're like doing vicious crimes or is this oh, just like they, petty well, theft or something? I, I mean, theoretically that's what sold it. It's because you don't want to keep people in prison for stupid petty crimes. That's dumb. Right. Maybe they're just stealing something at the mall or something. Or well, that, that that was that was what they sold to the people. But what's yeah. happening in reality is like, oh, this guy got caught in a shootout, and they oh, released him on a PR bond. Crap. This guy got caught with like, you know, twenty five grams of coke and a bunch of guns in his house, Whoa. and you're released on a PR bond. Like that that that's what they're doing on a reoccurring basis in Austin with our DA. Dang, dude. Um, sounds like you need a. There was a guy who literally yeah. got convicted of raping his ex girlfriend. Okay. And there's a Fox News article, like I sent it to you afterwards, but like they, um, his sentence wound up being probation, being convicted of raping somebody. The guy, there was a guy named um, Douglas Cantor last year. There was, remember that shooting that occurred on 6th Street about a year ago? Yeah, it was okay. on East 6th. Right? Undirty, yeah. Like 14 people got shot. Um, it was like, but two he wasn't even from gangs. out of town that came over here. Or yeah, something? these two guys, like gang, bang, these gang, these, these gang bangers from like Colleen or Temple came to Austin to like hash their beef out and just started shooting at each other on sixth street. And, and only one person in that group got charged with a felony. One person. I think, yeah. Or one person got charged with a murder. What of, happened like, to the rest Kent. of them? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is what our, this is who our district attorney is. Dang, dude. It sounds, wow, this is heavy. It's bad. That, so that's why I'm saying like, it's not good what's happening to the city. And you can see Austin starting to turn into a San Francisco if this stuff continues manifesting itself. (sighs) And because you haven't really seen crime and all that stuff really happen at the level that is causing widespread concern, people are still asleep at the wheel. And so by the time that does happen, it might be too late. I know, man, this is some scary stuff.
It is scary. And it's also bad because I do this job pedicabbing. And if we start having like, if we start having like real safety problems, people aren't going to want to go downtown. I'm going to get a different clientele. I'm going to start worrying for my physical safety every time I'm on the bike. Which what I'm have not you feeling- seen out there as far as like uh, pedicabbing the whole time? Like, what I mean, do you see out there, Alex? Right now, you just see a bunch of rich guys with money that are going out trying to like hook it up, you know, and, and pay you, right? And it's great. It's fine. But you're also seeing some, you're also starting to see a little bit of that stuff kind of slowly creep in. Really? I had somebody flash a gun at me a few weeks ago. Really? Why? Uh, for no reason. These two like high school kids are, they look young, right? And they like came up to me and like started threatening me, telling me I have to leave if, they, if I don't want to get my ass beaten, this and that, right? What so I was like, dude? well. Are they uh, not from Austin? I don't like, know what, what was going on, but I told her, I was like, hey man, I'm right here if you want to fucking do this. Let's go. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not afraid of you, bro. Like, let's fucking go. Like, I'm like, you got a problem with me. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere, man. Like, I was trying to get a ride, but that's it. And so I stood up my bike, ready to fight. And the guy lifts up his shirt and fucking flashes a fucking nine millimeter at me. What the hell, dude? And then he's like, yeah, get out of here. Oh, beat your ass and this and that. And I'm like, you have a gun. And then I just drove up. I was calm. I was like, well, I guess, uh, I guess that's, that's that, but you know, I, you don't want to see stuff like that continuing to happen. Right. Or like, what if I had a firearm and what if I shot that kid, then a bunch of social justice BLM activists would start attacking me because, because of the climate, yeah, because of the climate that we're in. If I had reported that and the cops arrested that guy, our DA would have let him out before breakfast. God, dude. This is and that's where good. we're at. I had a motorcycle get stolen from me about a year, like around like last October. Um, when I called it in, there are only three police officers that were able to deal with auto thefts right now. Three, three, three cops in the auto theft department. Dang, dude. Three car. All right. So this is not good. That's not good. Right. Like you're creating the building blocks to turn Austin into a San Francisco type city. It's very, it's extremely dangerous. And what's dangerous is that there's no there are almost no viable candidates that are running for office here um, with any, with, with any ability to communicate that are going to change anything. That's what's dangerous. God. Should, should Bitcoin start running for office? You think? I think so. I think that's a good idea. Mm. I think, I, I think that that's what should have been happening, you know, years ago, but this is, it's, we got to start now. I was surprised that you don't have a single Bitcoiner running um, a campaign in Austin, right? Yeah, like considering at least well, this that Austin is like a big tech hub, not a single, there's not a single pro Bitcoin candidate that's running. Cause you would have known, right? Yeah. We would have known. We would have all been talking about you'd it. Be we, talking we about got it. Them you'd be elect- hyping that guy up. We would have got him elected or her elected. You would have at least tried. You'd have thrown money at that person. You'd have been 100%. sending them stats. You'd have been talking to Marty Bent. You would be like, there hey, Pop, be- we got this guy that's running. He understands the space. We want to put him on the show. You would have done stuff. And nobody is even like trying or putting that information, putting themselves out there in that capacity. I think there's a lot of Bitcoiners focused on Texas, like the actual Texas part of it. No one's focused on the the, the city council or like the mayor stuff here in Austin. More people are focused on the outer, like Texas as a whole. Well, the Texas um, Bitcoin Club apparently is pretty big in Midland and Odessa and the Permian Basin because you could apparently use a lot of the excess fossil fuel to help mine Bitcoin and not waste the energy, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's no, there's gotta be a lot more. I think like, I think Bitcoin is going to be the way to kind of help shift 
the demic just helps shift Austin back to normal and also make it so that like regular people start benefiting from how Austin grows because if people are hodling Bitcoin and, and you create a Bitcoin ecosystem where people are getting paid and transacting in Bitcoin, well, Austin's going to grow and it's going to become more affordable and things are going to become more expensive, but your net worth should grow at a five times faster rate than whatever the expenses are. So then you're fine and you're good and you get to thrive here. I think, I think me and Kyle are a perfect example of that, right? Like we hodled for a long time. Then we use that money to start uh, Austin Bitcoin club and now Pleblab, what you're seeing here now. And so that created more jobs that created more people facilitating, um, you know, Bitcoin companies or whatever startups are doing. Like that's all, that's because like uh, a lot of what we did during those early days of like saving up and building towards that. So maybe you'll see that more happen more often where Bitcoiners who are hodling now will be able to create all these new companies that will help foster more thing. I mean, I don't know. That's at least my hope. Maybe that's just very naive of me to think like that. But. I hope so. I mean, if we don't fall into like a great depression with everything yeah. that's going on, but that would be nice. And if yeah. you do fall into a great depression, um, Bitcoin becomes invaluable anyway, because if you get into a great depression, you start selling the, the idea of a central bank digital currency becomes a lot more appealing to the general public. How do you think that's going to play out? I have my theories on well, what's that. What's your theory? I want to hear yours and I'll show you mine. Um, I, I literally think what they're going to do, I think they're going to do like a cyber attack. Oh. Like on a Friday or something. It'll, well. sh- it'll shut everything down. And then I think what they'll do is then at that point, they'll, they'll, they'll have like a, um, like no one will be able to access the banks. They'll, they'll blame it on whoever they have to blame it on to like point the finger at it. Yeah, and then at that Russia, point, yeah. and then at that point, I think like CBDCs get, get underway and they'll just like literally say like maybe like the debt is gone or something ridiculous like that. And uh, and then they'll start sending out these stipends of, of like these digital currencies at the post office or something. So nobody and has everybody debt. has to be onboarded to this app if they want their stipend. And then that's how they do surveillance control or whatever. I think that's how it probably plays out naturally. But it's going to happen through an event where people are going to be like, whoa. The cyber attack of 2020. But then, what, but then what about Bitcoin though? What'll happen to what'll happen to Bitcoin I think if that happens? Hopefully by then we've already built out this like circular economy where everybody's onboarded to Bitcoin and then we just transact in Bitcoin at that point. Where we but literally what, are, are, are no are, longer transacting. Are you worried that if a massive cyber attack happens, they start like hacking and messing with people's I, Bitcoin wallets? And this is too? where it's like cool being here in Pueblab, right? Like me and Super are having these conversations about like building mesh networks now. And but if, so, you have, if you have this thing on so a hard this is, wallet, if it's this on a hard is where, ledger like, wallet and your computer's off, you're probably safe anyway, right? But no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But this is where I'm, I'm realizing now that we need to build our own infrastructure. So when that does happen, we have like some offline way to like still sell whatever we need to sell, still purchase whatever we need to sell before, when the internet get, gets, gets kicked back on. Or maybe we all, we all are on those Tesla, like, uh, have you seen those Tesla like internet Starlink, have you seen that? That's a whole internet thing now that people have been using to go work out in the country and stuff. And like Starlink, gets really good. So maybe we just all get Starlinks. Either way, dude, we've already, we're already looking at that, but I think that's how it plays out. I think that's how they introduce. I think that's that's one scenario. What's your scenario? Um, But I also want to just continue to talk about this, right? Like if you have your money on a ledger and your computer's off and it's on on cold storage, you're probably going to be safe. And what I think will also happen is um, if the money that you have on your ledger is safe from a cyber attack, then once the internet does go back on, even if it takes a couple weeks, um, even if it takes a couple weeks, 
the value of Bitcoin will really start shooting through the roof because the because the money from exchanges gets wiped out. Mm-hmm. So you get so you limit you eliminate the supply even more, and um, you start seeing the value of Bitcoin compared to what a CBDC is. So only the very very wealthy are going to be the ones that are going to have Bitcoin, and therefore, if you own Bitcoin, it's going to be invaluable to have. I think and you so. might also see small communities that drift off that just say, we're not going to use this. We're just going to use our Bitcoin and that's how we're going to transact. And we're not going to get involved with this. Cause we're already doing that. Like right uh, now we went to meteor might, this morning. We you might also, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. see, um, because the United States is kind of dividing itself at a very crazy rate. You might also see certain parts of the world, parts of the United States that just decide that they're not going to do that. And they're going to only transact in Bitcoin. And you'll see like the corporate media or you'll see mainstream establishments say like kind of criticize those areas as backwards. Look at these guys. They use the volatile currency. They don't respect trans people. They, they outlaw abortion. They do all this like they're right wing zealots, you know, look at like they'll, they'll make up like points about how bad it is to live out there. And it'll just be a way to like kind of brainwash the masses to just stay in the new world order. Did you see that piece from that the Atlantic? A hundred percent. They're doing that already with like Christians. Did you see that piece in the Atlantic? With the rosary uh, and stuff? Yeah, no, dude. I, I haven't, I'm not reading It's that so guy. crazy to think. Like, now they're like, they're basically saying like a rosary. Like, what I have right here is, uh, I, I'm like some terrorist now. It's like, what? Well, everyone, I go yeah. to church every Sunday. How am I a terrorist? Because I go to church and I wear a rosary? Well, this is going to backfire. Here's another way that this CBDC stuff plays out in a much, um, well, before we start, before we go there, um, how do you feel about gold and silver then? I'm, I'm long silver. I have silver here. <laughs> All right. Well, cause, cause if, if a cyber attack like that does occur, yeah, having people like will. physical gold and silver is also going to um, shoot up in maybe tremendously. Even, maybe too. even guns and bullets and like, well, yeah, and yeah, stuff duh, like that. gardening and basic, like that, that basic, yeah. like basic stuff that you barter with is going to be what's valuable. Yeah. Like, meat. um, but like having gasoline. Gold, like, well, yeah. So, I mean, I think like hodling silver and gold at these prices is also kind of a smart move to do in case of that. I think even I mean, though Austin even though this be, is a Bitcoin, it's a Bitcoin podcast, and I am mostly pro. I'm more Bitcoin than we're, gold. We're, we're moving think, you over slowly. No, no. Well, I am way more Bitcoin than gold, right? But I do think that, like, um, with what you're talking about with the cyber attack, there is a lot of value in having physical gold and silver on your possession because Bitcoin, yeah, it's a hedge against inflation and financial tyranny. But physical gold is a hedge against absolute disaster. Because in, abs- in absolute disaster, you go back to primitive times. And in primitive times, what was the money people used in primitive times? Yeah. Gold. Yeah. So that's, that's my theory. And I think it's something that people should just keep in mind. Just look at, remember when, when um, Russia invaded Ukraine? What happened to gold and silver for like that one, two weeks? Shouldn't it shoot through the roof? Shoot through, well, it, did, it hit like a, the retracement. It hit like 702 retracement. Like it hit its retracement levels, right? But it shot through the roof compared to what it was. Um, and if you have... Another disaster like that, like that was, that was nothing compared to the types of disasters that we could be dealing with in the future. So I think it's just something to consider and keep in your back pocket. Like yeah, look what happened sure. to gold when a, a dis, when a micro disaster occurred or when a disaster, when a disaster occurred that was not on a full global scale, right? Imagine if like a mega disaster were to occur on a full global scale, what's going to happen to gold and silver, right? Like, so I think that like, with that being said, um, it doesn't hurt to have some of that stuff, right? Um, no, it doesn't. Definitely, it not. doesn't hurt. But what, but back to my other theory about um, how CBDCs will get man, will get implemented. Yeah, tell me. It'll just be through um, a, a global depression based on our energy crisis and our food crisis. Okay, explain. right. So, like, 
Okay. Um, look at the whole ESG movement. Look at the climate movement. Look at what, what, what they're trying to do. Um, they're and like the Netherlands, they're, they're not letting farmers like, um, produce food with a certain, they're trying so to like eliminate, eliminate, eliminate the number of nitrogen that farmers are using to produce food. Right. Which, um, it's probably not going to do all that much to help the environment, but what it will do is it will make the cost of fertilizer and the cost of everything to produce food go through the roof. When that happens, the farmers are going to have to pass that good on to the consumers. When that happens, um, the prices of food, gas, and other energy sources are going to just start skyrocketing. When that happens, um, people spend way more of their disposable income on basic necessities instead of on, on, uh, consumer goods and other services. When that happens, companies that make these consumer consumer goods and hire people to help promote and sell these consumer goods um, need to start laying off workers. When that happens, work um, the, those people who already have problems getting food in XYZ now can't buy these consumer goods and they're struggling to buy food. Um, when that happens, now um, banks have to raise interest rates because, you know, companies are going to go bankrupt. They're going to go default. There's a lot of zombie companies that take on tons of debt that are only alive because we have almost no interest rates and they're just, they're, they're alive off of borrowing money that they don't have. Um, and then once banks say, yo, we got to raise our rates because we're worried about you collapsing. Well, there goes another section of the economy. And then, oh shit, you just created a massive depression. Um, and well, Somebody needs to, you can't have the people starve. You can't have people go homeless. You can't repeat that. And so then, you know, governments, policy leaders, think tank officials say, well, we need to give people a universal income. And that universal income has to be for these really basic services like food and gas and electricity and all these basic necessities. And it becomes programmable money where that's all that the money can be used for. And- um, people are going to voluntarily go along with that because of crisis. Yeah. Because of fear and desperation and just wanting to eat and feed their family. Do you think it gets to a point where there's a new world order or no? We're already there. Kind of. You think so? In some ways. No, but like a new world order, like we all know, like, which is like a one world government, one currency. Do you think you get, and then they're all surveilling you basically 1984. Do you think we get to that point or you think we, there's a, and there's a, there's a point where we can deviate from that. We could still save it. I don't know. I think, I think, I think it's that that's, that's all based on what you do and your actions and what you choose to support and what you choose to go along with and how educated you get about what's happening around you. Uh, I think the, I think people have gotten pretty awake to what's going on. Um, and a lot of people really made really capitulated over fear when it came to COVID and everything else. Right. But there is a, there's a group of people that realized, Oh man, I messed up. So the next crisis, I'm not going to like let the next crisis take it, get taken advantage of. Right. Um, but there was still like, what, like 30% of the world's population that like didn't get the shot that just didn't go along with that. That's a lot of people to fight back. Right. Yeah. That that's, that's not enough. Like to, you know, that's not enough of, a, of yeah. a group to help really manufacture something like that in. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I think we're a ways away from like a global government. I think a global government, that's a ways away. I think what kind of will happen is it'll be like a, sh- a, a quiet go- global government. Like the World Economic Forum is having these meetings at Davos. And yeah, whatnot, why do they right? get to decide everything? Well, because- 
um, there are, you just have groups of policymakers, members of royalty, um, heads of certain major corporations, um, Saudi oil execs, and, and just, um, just groups of people that have insane amounts of money and influence. And they kind of have to come together and agree on these like public private partnerships amongst themselves um, that'll affect the masses. And so it's one of those things where like, if you just get the whole world to go along with that agenda, then you can get a global government, but not call it that. Do you ever think it's- Right, like, yeah. like if, that, if that makes sense. But I think, it's, I think it's getting harder and harder to do that because you, there's so many countries that are just refusing to do that. Like El Salvador is an example. Well, aren't they putting or people in their Eastern- cabinet though? Like, aren't they getting like WEF people, their own WEF people to get inside the cabinets of some of these other countries? But not in El Salvador. Well, not in El Salvador, but like, didn't they, isn't Trudeau one of the WEFs? Yeah. Like people well, and then and like other countries. Okay, but what about, what about Eastern Europe? What about, like, no country in Eastern Europe is going along with this stuff. Like, Hungary isn't going along with it. Romania is not going along with it. Uh, I don't think Poland's going along with it. I don't think Yugoslavia, or Ch- or, you know, is going along with this stuff. Do you think then it becomes? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but they, didn't they? Didn't they do the Brazil same? Brazil isn't going along with the stuff. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think my point is, didn't they do the same thing with central banking, where they literally started putting central banks in all of these different countries, and then now they're down to like two or three that don't have a central bank in them right now? Well, that's like what being an economic hitman is, and that's why a lot of countries have gone along with this stuff because they have no choice. So, do you think if the WEF uses the same tactic, they'll still? I think it's possible, but I also, um, I don't know. I think, I think it's possible, but nobody knows. I think that yeah. they're, 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 um, I think that the United States power and influence is kind of standing in the way of it. And I think they're, they're trying to split the United States up so that it doesn't have the same influence and power that it does to like actually protect and promote basic freedom and Liberty. I think I honestly believe that there's still some hardcore Americans out there that that the it'll it'll swing the other way because I think there's a lot of us that believe in like the founding fathers and like what they built that we won't let it get to a point like that. I, I firmly believe that. I think that's going to happen. It, it doesn't look so right now, but I, I do believe that if I mean it only took what like ten percent of the population to overthrow England. Yeah, it took a very small percentage. I mean, I could see the United States splitting up though, with with especially what happened with Donald Trump and like. They hiring 87,000 IRS agents, dude, one to every 4,000 Americans, something like that. I mean, to be fair though, a lot of it is their fact. They're going to have in, guns. They're fa- well, they're fa- they've always had guns they're, they're factoring in, um, people quitting and people resigning and people retiring. So it's not like, like the net is going to be like 40,000 or 50,000 IRS agents over 10 years. But that's still one it's to a, every 4,000. It's a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot. <clears throat> um, and they're saying that there's only like, um, there's like over a million people that make like 400 K a year. So it's like, Oh, it's just going to be concentrated mostly for those people. That's what they're saying. I don't believe it though. Cause I don't, I don't really believe, believe anything, anything coming out of yeah. it. I don't believe that. I just don't believe it. No, it's, <sighs> it's basically on the amount of uh, stuff they've done in the past. That's what I believe I don't everything believe they've it. done in the past. But I, I also think that like, there's so much backlash, especially amongst like conservatives living in red States that I could start seeing like bold conservative governors like Ron DeSantis or Carrie Lake, if she wins, um, just actively taking steps to just oh, like um, now recognize their authority 
And I think like stuff like that could start causing the country to split up. Like you could have conservative governors that are like, oh, we don't recognize Joe Biden as the president. Like if, 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 if states start to certify an election, like well, I think that depending on who governor, who the governors are in the next election cycle, you might see a couple of states decertifying elections. And if you start decertifying elections, well, then you don't recognize that person as your president. And then you start governing in a way that, you know, governing in a much different fashion. Do you think, you think Texas ever, uh, secedes or? No, I think we're, we're too soft. Our, our, our conservatives are the worst, dude. Think so? Yeah, they, they are hard. Like that's why Texas can actually is actually a, uh, at, at the threat of going blue. Like that's why Texas could go blue. I think because like our conservative leadership is just like it's garbage. Mm. Do you know? Um, did, I don't follow it. Well, but. exactly. But Governor Abbott and the Texas legislative body did not ban vaccine mandates. They had three special sessions. They never issued a ban on vaccine mandates. Governor Abbott. Is not going to ban is not going to preemptively ban central bank but, digital but currencies. But I remember when uh, the COVID thing happened. Did he get us off of the restrictions faster than any other governor? No, Ron DeSantis then? did, and then Greg Abbott did it like four months, five months later after the no, no, power no. grid. Shut no, down. remember because like everything was locked down where no one could be open, and then like he came like in April and like said, "Nah, f this." We're, no, we're he didn't do any. Back no, up. no, no, no. What happened was like towards the end, towards like. Mid-April, he said, oh, we're going to start opening up the state parks yeah. for up to five people. You can do retail to go. It was like the softest opening ever. And then mm -hmm. everyone like was hysterical saying, oh, he's going to get us all killed, this and that. Because by and June, then, by know, the riots, then, by the riots, we already had everything pretty much open. Yeah, and then he reclosed everything three weeks later and didn't really open anything up until like October of Looking that year. Looking back on it and now, then, dude, and then that cities was... cities like Austin, um, oh, they, they fought had us. an opportunity to, 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 to open their bars, they refused to like, they... They refused to grant um, bars the ability to open. Yeah, they, they, they fought us on that, if I remember. They like fought. The, the, like the city council like didn't want to open up anything. Yeah. They were so scared. Exactly, because they care about working people. Fuck these, fuck these guys. These guys These guys are absolute clowns. Like, and now there's like, not not too much anymore. A lot of it's been bought up, but now there's like, there. I remember at the time you would go down like six year, everything was boarded up. You go down anywhere, downtown Austin, it was all boarded up. All these like, People that had their own businesses were gutted. It was awful, dude. There well, were some places that closed that probably shouldn't have closed. There were some. Good thing, though, a lot of people stayed open because we had a governor that kind of like, I mean, if I'm going to give him a grade for how he handled COVID, I give him like a C maybe. Yeah, I think he did it better than most out but there. But he was still bad. And he, and he doesn't have the charisma. And you're not doing, you're with the border crisis, you're like doing these PR stunts of busing people to DC and, and New York. Oh, is that what he's doing? Yeah, and I'm like, all right, cool. Oh, like, wow. That's cute and all, but like, why don't you just literally bust them back to Mexico? You know, why aren't you deploying the National Guard? Why aren't you still like sending, um, why aren't you like deputizing? Why aren't you like giving local municipalities the ability to deputize their own citizens? Like, why aren't you like talking about sending local law enforcement officers down there to like stop what's what's kind of an invasion, right? Like, you're not doing that. Like, it's it's like, cuck, it's like I'm a conservative is, is what he is. Like, it's, that's. <laughs> and then when they had the Uvalde shooting, our Lieutenant Governor, Pussed out of going to the NRA convention. You know, like, it's just, it, it's just, um, you don't have good, lead, like, you don't have leadership that, that really I think what it is, we like, don't have like, strong men at leadership. Yeah, at least in Florida, you have DeSantis, who's, like, using How action. great is this guy? You he's the best. Him up. He's the best. I love DeSantis. He's the best. But he's a poop coiner. Ron DeSantis? Is that the, is that the mayor? No, he's the governor of Florida. Oh, Ron okay. DeSantis is the man. And Suarez is, it's still a big, he still has Bitcoin. 
he still made, he still like Miami still made a lot of progress more so than most other cities in the United States in doing that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess, mean, I guess he had to learn. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, so we should, um, you know, learn from what they did in Miami, but we're not doing that. Nobody's doing it. No one's doing anything. No. no, nobody's doing shit. So what are you going to do? Let me ask. I got a fun fact today. Yeah. What's the fun fact? Fun fact. This is a uh, random, but, um, did you ever meet Alex Jones or no? I met him a couple of times. Yeah. So fun fact, Alex Jones will pay one family $45.2 million in punitive damages after spreading lies about the 2012 massacre at Sandy Hook elementary school. He had to file for bankruptcy well, from his filed. LLC. And then, during the trial, but but the parents and the lawyers believe he is hiding millions of dollars. That's today's fun fact. That's a fun fact. All right. Well, what do you think about that? Legally, I don't think that they can. Um, there's a cap on punitive damages, so it's not going to be nearly that much money. It'll probably be like four or five million. But it's a witch hunt. I mean, did you make a mistake? Did you say certain things about that that wound up not being true that could have caused certain people certain problems? Yeah. But then it's a slippery slope where like anybody like you or me, you could say something that causes somebody to get upset. And then a, a back, a, a reverberating backlash could occur. And then, oh, all of a sudden, now you're going to bankrupt me. Now they're going to bankrupt you. Like, but that's what they're doing. That, speech, what they're, though? Yeah. I think that it's, it's dangerous. What they're, what they're doing is it's, it's being used as a way to attack people's freedom of speech. Um, and yeah, technically, the First Amendment says, like, hey. Um, oh, you can incite violence, right? Well, no, but also, also, it's protecting from the government. Like, so the government can't arrest you for, like, saying anything. But like, you know, somebody could still sue you civilly for something. Oh, so that that tagging, I think that's what it means. Kind of like the OJ thing, right? Where yeah, like he got, he but, got but then let that's, off but that, but federally. That's the thing, though, like, that's why you got to fight back. Civilly. So like, OK, if they're going to do it to Alex Jones, then do that to every CNN reporter. Like anytime like a, a news oh, reporter wow. or a local like leftist reporter says something bad about you that's defamatory um, and something happens that you believe was caused by that. Start suing those people in droves. Just spend a bunch didn't of money. That, isn't that what Arnold Schwarzenegger did? Or was it Arnold Schwarzenegger that did No, that's Peter Thiel did that to Gawker. What did he do? Where they were spying on like Hulk Hogan or doing something with like Hulk Hogan and writing stuff about him like without his permission. And Peter Thiel sued them into oblivion. And now oh, they don't wow. exist anymore. But you have to like, if they're going to start doing stuff like that, it's like Alex Jones, right? I mean, the only thing you can do, right? When, like is just, the only thing you can do is like fight back, right? And my opinion is you just, you fight back by just, Anytime like some liberal or leftist pundit or somebody who's like on the opposite side of this um, says something that might be defamatory towards you and you could like prove that you are attacked or harassed as a result of it. Well, then get a lawyer and sue. And there needs to be like a collaborative effort amongst like people who actually value free speech to support that stuff so that you either a so you stop it because if, if a bunch of like lefties or liberal reporters start getting sued left and right because of this they're gonna they're they're gonna say hey this is an attack on free speech and they'll say the same thing and then all of a sudden there's not going to be any more discrimination against that yeah Yeah, does that make make sense yeah it does i I remember like in the 80s and 90s you used to be able to say whatever you wanted and no one right or am i just imagining that well yeah but you didn't have the same audience you know, like how many people knew, how many people knew about the new world order that was happening in the eighties and nineties? Like that stuff, that stuff was still being planned in the eighties and nineties, but nobody knew about that. What if COVID happened in 1995? Probably would have been successful. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. What if nine 11 occurred after Facebook? 
what do you think we would have even gotten into Afghanistan or into Iraq the way in which you did? Damn, dude, I don't even remember a lot of, I was so young back then. I don't even remember, like, I just remember that day being so sad and like everybody was like curled up in their living rooms, like watching I was, TV. Um, I was a sophomore in high school when that happened. And I was yeah. in New York. So oh, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh shit, we get two days off of school. Like that was like what I was thinking. I was barely even processing any of that stuff. You were in New York at that time? I grew up there, yeah. Oh wow, Alex. But it was that. weird though, because like we saw one plane hit, hit, hit a building, right? And then like, it, then they knew to have like a camera crew there. It was like, you already just saw cameras there right off the bat. And I'm like, how did y'all know to have a camera crew there right when that happened? Oh, crap. Um, and then like when the second plane hit, we're like, oh my God, like there's a camera right right at the building when the second plane hit. And I'm like, well, why is the camera, how's the camera there so quickly? Kind of like, I, I, always, I always wondered that, right? As a, just as a kid, then growing yeah. up and like wondering how they knew. Yeah, like how is the camera there at that exact spot so quickly? I don't know, man, dude. It's a scary world. Can be a scary place sometimes. Yeah, it is scary. Um, but back to what you're saying too about Alex Jones. You have GOP establishment, GOP figures were attacking Alex Jones and saying and, and like praising the judgment against him. You know, and I'm like, well, you can't win and get free speech or get freedom and liberty if, if people who are like supposed to be conservatives aren't defending those principles. So I, that, that's what the problem is, too. We, we have like we don't have uh, courageous leadership to fight back, I don't think. And, and we're, we're getting slowly there, but we're not getting there fast enough. Right. And so you need like courageous conservatives. You don't have that too much. Yeah, we need we just need more strong leadership out there. Yeah. And strength is manifested in a multitude of ways, right? Like, you know, going in, I don't know, um, holding up a mirror and, ha and using comedy to like expose ty tyranny and staying the course is an example of strength. Yeah, by mocking them and like showing like, yeah, you know, yeah. how it literally, like sh basically putting a mirror in front of them. And I, mean, and I think yeah. that's that's the way you do show strength is you, you have logical discussions, you um, speak charismatically and empathetically to get people to understand your point of view. And then you also hold up a mirror to mock how ridiculous things have gotten for everyone to see. Yeah, it's like- And then you let people make their own decisions because if, I think that people are still smart enough. If they understand what's going on, they'll stop it voluntarily. It's like, we're, we're the turtle right there. And yeah. like the, the fishes are the people attacking us. And yeah. we're, just, we're just trying to live out in the ocean, be free, just like, pretty, just like that, you know? Pretty much like this, this stuff that we're talking about only occurs if people consent to it, okay? Like- they don't have the ability or the manpower to force us to do anything in mass against our will. They don't. So the only reason that this will ever occur is if they convince us that this is in our best interest. And so that's why like violence or anything like, or, or talking to people hostily or being doesn't confrontational work. Doesn't is work. the wrong approach because the yeah. more you do stuff like that, the more you actually convince- The authorities, the, pe the people well, in the, power. The, the more you convince regular people to go along with what this agenda is. Yeah. And I think the best way to like convince the general public to, um, to resist what's happening or to just refuse to comply or not do it is to use humor and use like logic and use compassion and use common sense and just sell your ideas in a way that's non-threatening. I think that that, yeah. that is the best way to fight back because that causes people to listen 
It causes people to be receptive. And this stuff can only occur if the general public consents to it at a large scale. I think, I think for me, I can only speak for myself, but for me, I, I always just try to inspire the people around me, do the changes that I can, help the people that I can in this community and um, help foster any kind of goodwill uh, towards Bitcoiners because I want them to look back and be like, no, these Bitcoiners actually change the city for the better. Like I want them to say that. Um, and, and to me, the more and more people that, that Michael brings to Austin Bitcoin Club every month and we see the hands raise up and it's like 50% new people, the more and more positive, you know, mindset that's getting out there for Bitcoiners. And I think, I think as long as we, I think as long as I keep doing that and other people in our city keep doing that, I think we'll, we'll finally turn the tide in the favor of like common sense. Yeah. And I also think that changing the world comes with change. Like, you know, listen, you, you know. Uh, we're probably not going to have Austin do anything meaningful to Bitcoin. Austin's probably not going to put Bitcoin on their balance sheet. There's still a lot of dinosaur thinking on the city council. There's a lot of dinosaur thinking um, from a lot of these like political influencers in Austin. There's a lot like um, a lot of the people who are like on the neighborhood, on the preservationist side and people who are on the quote unquote conservative side in Austin. Unfortunately, they don't really get it. But with that being said, you have no control over that. The only thing you can do is try and speak. And so all you can do is just keep leveling up as an individual and accumulate as much Bitcoin as you can at these prices. Right. And that's it. And then if things go down lower, you just buy more Bitcoin. Yeah, it's a With war. that day, you can afford at spot and not leverage yourself. It's a war of attrition. Yeah. You got to lean on them. You know, listen, man, here's the thing, right? I'm not an expert on Bitcoin. I'm not even like that good with computers, right? And I'm, I'm really like, I yeah. thought you have a, I thought you had like a, your no. phone on your pedicab and you have like this whole thing. No, I mean, I have my podcast, but I have a producer that does it. And like, I have, you know. What's your producer's name? Shout him uh, out. Gary Faust, baby. Faust Media. Boss. He's the best. Um, but what was I saying? Like, I'm not like the most tech savvy person. I'm not like, I'm not, and my knowledge on Bitcoin is really minimal. I just, I just, but I, but I do know that, um, you know, fiat money is arbitrary. And it's at this, and it's fiat money um, comes at the whim of, of um, bureaucrats and policymakers that you didn't elect that are going to decide your fate for you without any regard for what you're doing. Whereas Bitcoin is mathematically consistent. And because Bitcoin is, and once you realize that Bitcoin is mathematically consistent, everything that's happening right now is happening in a pattern. And all you have to do is understand the pattern and make your decision according to how these patterns develop and you'll be okay. Yeah. Bitcoin was designed to be consistent. Like these 80% drawdowns, are happen deliberately and they happen so that they can get people to, they can get more and more people to get, to buy into this. That's why it happens. It happens to get more and more people to adopt, to adopt this thing. Because if you didn't have these 80% drawdowns, it would never be a widely adopted form of, it could never be a widely adopted form of currency. The only reason it can ever get to that level is because of all the 80% drawdowns that keep occurring after each cycle. I think, I think also too, I think it just Does that, make sense? Does that make sense. It makes sense. I think a, a lot of the thing too, is, as well is like, you see people hodling during these times and then they use that some, some, not all, some of them use it to go start Bitcoin companies and make changes in their local cities and stuff. So that's good. Uh, unfortunately, you have a lot of people that become skeptics because of this, cause they don't understand it and they'll buy Bitcoin when it's like, when everyone's hyped on it. And then when the crash occurs and they lose all their money, they hate Bitcoin and become like Bitcoin perma bears. Oh, yeah, they, they buy like, at the top. Yeah. And, and, and they buy this thing, not understanding what it is. Yeah. They need to be like the turtle and just like 
float through like that. Just like, just huddle and float through. Yeah, just take your touch. Just be a monkey and literally buy Don't don't pay attention to the noise. You see all those little fishies around him? Those beta fishies? Yeah, just don't pay attention and just buy, just keep, don't, don't like put off, floating. don't buy what you can't afford, but just put a little bit, a little bit in every week. Just put like whenever somebody sends you something on cash app, just put it into Bitcoin and use it. Right. Like that's get it in the cold storage. Yeah. Fly, fly like the turtle. Do what you can understand what things are worth. You know, I like the turtle. What do you think of that sea turtle? Can you appreciate something majestic like that? Yeah. Have you ever gone scuba diving? And- yeah, once I was like 12 years old, 10 years old. I was in uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Dominican Republic. Yeah, it was cool. I got to go back and do that again. Dude, I one time went scuba diving with sharks. Scariest crap Scary. ever. Dude. Yeah, dude, don't ever do it. It was in Hawaii. Yeah. That'd be fun. I want to go jet skiing before really? the summer ends. Yeah, I've done that before a few years ago, but I want to do it again. Yeah, and like growing up in South Texas, you would see turtles all the time. They're faster than you think, dude. They're oh, yeah. literally faster than you think. Few, few know this. I didn't don't, know that. Don't underestimate a turtle. They're pretty quick. I did not. Especially know that. in like muddy waters, they can just like like a rabbit. They just like glide. It's almost like they're gliding. Really yeah. interesting. Interesting. Who have you? Who do you have on the pod this week? I got Matt Rinaldi. He's the chairman of the Texas GOP. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Whoa, dude. He's like a Look fan of my you. stuff, which is pretty cool. Well, we'll see. I'm excited to talk to him. It's going to be fun. You are blowing up. Man. And then I got, I got a, there's a city council meeting in Lake Travis and also in Round Rock. So I got, you got to, you got to stay tuned and follow my Instagram, Showtime Alex Stranger. And uh, yeah, we'll link it all. You got to link it all. Really, you know, you, we'll there, there, there's going to be some, do fun, any writing? Gonna be some fun stuff and story, you know, for do y'all. Do you do any writing, Alex? Writing? Yeah. Not so much anymore, you know. Should do some writing, man. I feel like you have a lot on your mind that you could. Uh, well, I'm, I'm also doing a lot. You can't if you ever, over, if you ever, you can't overextend yourself either. But what's up? Sure. I was gonna say, if you ever wanna to write and post it on Thriller Bitcoin, you have a platform. Dude, I'd love that. Yeah, thank you. That'd yeah, be great, just, actually. I'll send you, uh, send you a contributor link, and you just sign up and whatever you want to write about, man. I don't. Yeah. I don't how, does, care. how does that work in terms of? Yeah, it's it's a free open platform. We don't we don't make any money. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people donate sats and stuff like that, and that's what. I'll Keeps link my like, wallet and I'll be like, yo, if you like it, send me some yeah, stuff. Yeah. Donate it right to you right from the, right from the post. That'd be excellent. I actually have a strike that I got that's set up so you can help me like, um, yeah, dude, help me with my strike app when he, when he Absolutely. sign off. Cause I want to, um, yeah, we have a bunch of Bitcoiners in here. Strike. What do you think of the new plug lab? I think it's nice. I've never been to the old one. The old one was just like an office and that was this it. This is cool. It I, I got to start going to these meetings more, but I'm always fucking working or I'm always like, doing these podcasts or I'm always going to these meetings. Like I can't go on Thursday cause I got to go to round rock. Oh. I might do a drag show. What do you think about that? Really? Yeah. Maybe in round rock. Right. Cause they let, they want drag Queens regions to five-year-olds. I mean, teach their own, you know, like whatever that, you want to do. They want to do in the school district. They like have fat. They, they, I have probably, dra- Listen, I probably Cara, wouldn't have, go because have, it's not my style. No, but they like, have, they have drag shows now that are family friendly where, little kids are fucking putting money in the G string of the drag queen. And it's like progressive now. So what I'm thinking of doing is maybe I'll dress in drag and perform a show in front of the whole school board saying that I want to do this for your five-year-old and your pre and your oh preschool. My God. And Will just, they listen to you? Uh, I think they have no choice. I'll just put on like heels and makeup. I don't know. About, I don't know. Will like, they hire you though? 
You're saying that there's a potential they'll hire you to no, do No, they're this. definitely not going to hire me. I'm definitely going to troll the fuck out of them. I'm going to be like, guys, I'm a drag queen. I think it's great that you're like letting people like me, you know, read stories to your four and five-year-old kid. I think that that's awesome. What would be your- You know, and I don't wear like a little, I wear like a little short, like a little Would, would little your name dress. still be Alex Stranger? I'll be Alexa. I'll, I'll be Alexa when I go in there, right? And I like, you know, um, put like some glitter on, get some makeup, get some high heels, put like some stockings on. And then like, I'll put like a Lizzo song and I'll just start dancing all seductively. The Lizzo? Trying, Who's yeah. Lizzo? Lizzo, the, the fat fucking black chick that's eating. And Never heard of her. Well, don't worry about it. I'll put on a Britney. I'll put some pop, some stupid pop song on, right? And dance to it. And I'll just be like, just, I don't know, go like real close to like some super conservative parent and just see if they could like, and just make them try to like shove money in them and make, make them really uncomfortable. You know, and then that's has, where, that, ever, and that, you know, has that ever happened when you're out there doing these things? Does anybody ever like try to fight you or anything? Not yet. Um, really? But people, no. So here's so um, when I went to Round Rock, last time I went to Round Rock, I gave a speech. My name was Noah Schwartz. I was a CRT expert, and I talked about how we need to abolish the nu- the nuclear family was associated with like whiteness and white supremacy, and like uh-huh. we should abolish it. Uh-huh. And what did they say? <laughs> Yo. Um. So at first, um, the people in the audience thought I was like serious and I was getting like dirty looks and it looked like I was about to be stoned to death by all these like conservative angry parents. Uh-huh. And then like towards the middle of my speech, they started realizing what I was doing and it turned oh. from that from like anger to laughter. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like started saying that, you know, cuties on Netflix needs to be required viewing. What's cuties on Netflix? What you is got, it? Just look up cuties. Okay. I'm Look afraid to. Um, Cuties is, was a, a movie on Netflix where a bunch of like eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds were, were trying to enter a dance contest. And then it was like a very sexual dance. So it's basically a, a movie on Netflix that sexualized little kids. Um, oh and then, then God, I said that like dude. I called. I'm I so called, glad I'm, I'm, I I'm all connected the, from all this crap. Well, I don't watch I called, any of this crap. I'm so glad, dude. Yeah, but it's also important not to watch and understand what's going on around you to really sell. Well, why that's why you need Bitcoin. That's yeah. why you're here yeah, for yeah. me. So then I also said that... Like I also pretty much called all the parents domestic terrorists and they, they need to be investigated by the FBI and repeated all these like state department talking points, you know, uh, what did I they, said say? they were all white supremacists. No, I look like I was about to be stoned to death. Like they look like, like the one dude was wearing like a 1776 shirt and it looked like he wanted to fight me. Like, <laughs> I'll show you the video. Like, Matter of fact, you should link the video up if you. Yeah, can. I will. I will. Um, yeah, it's. I'll, I'll link it all in your thing. Yeah, no, but even play that video. Yeah, I'll play it here in the background. They'll see it. Yeah, you should play it because it, it, you'll see it to to a T, right? And so the school board president actually interrupted my speech to get the crowd to be quiet so that I could finish. Oh, they agreed with you. Yeah, wild stuff, right? And then so that was my experience in Round Rock. Whoa, that's um, a lot of families live for people that aren't, aren't, aren't from Austin, like Round Rock and Pflugerville are big family areas yeah. uh, for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're starting um, to like realize all the families, like, and they're starting to realize what's, what's happening with their school system right now. And it's a little, yeah. You meet, you meet your significant <laughs> other here in Central Austin and you move to like Round Rock, Rock, where Round Rock is, and yeah. Pflugerville yes, to go yes. live your family. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Um, so I think that's hilarious. And then when I was in Leander last, when I, before I talked about my dinosaur daughter, there were people in Leander who were like recognizing me. Hey, you're the guy who speaks at these meetings. Like, and I was like, no, 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 I'm just here for my trans daughter. Like, you know, trying to like pretend and play dumb. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm being recognized. Like, this isn't good. I'm going to actually have to start. There might be a point where like, it hasn't happened yet, but there've been a few like little mini threats of like, next time I see someone like that, I'm introducing myself to that person. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, uh, good luck. A and B, um, you might get a situation where people might just try to like obstruct you and stop you from speaking. 
right? Oh, wow. And I don't think it's going to get there, but in case it does, I'm, I'm going to, there might get to a point where I need to start bringing people with me. Like as a bodyguard? No, no, not as a bodyguard, but someone to film, like as a camera person, right? So if like any weird stuff happens or people try to like obstruct me oh. or stop me from speaking, I'm like, okay, fine, we're filming this. This will, I'll still get the content. I'll still get something out there. Yeah, dude. So, uh, yeah, if there's anybody out there listening and they want to help Alex. Yeah, if with, anybody uh, from Club Lab ever wants to come, I'm going to Round Rock on Thursday. So if anybody would like to come to Round Rock with me. I couldn't go up there. Well, somebody, anybody. <laughs> we could talk about it back there, but like, that's the thing. Lake Travis should be fun. Uh, there's a bond that they're doing. They're trying to like, for like 5 million or 50 million, some crazy bond, mm-hmm. bond package. And I'm like, well. What are they trying to do? Well, I, I don't know. This is just a bond to build a bunch of stuff that the parents don't want because it's going to raise the taxes out of like up the up the wazoo you know and so i think i'm gonna go speak and talk about how like well you know we got to use that money to make sure our kids have an anti-racist education <laughs> and really like understand the, the value of like progressive ideology and like that's why we need to build the joseph rosenbaum elementary school joseph, joseph rosenbaum joseph was uh joseph rosenbaum got killed protesting for black lives in kenosha wisconsin two years ago um how? you know how? joseph he was shot by kyle rittenhouse Oh, really? Yeah. Who's Kyle Rittenhouse? Kyle Rittenhouse was a 17-year-old kid who came in to defend local businesses, and he was trying to put out a fire that Joseph Rosenbaum was starting that he was wheeling towards a oh, gas station, trash out. He was wheeling to the gas station, and then Joseph Rosenbaum chased him, uh, was chasing him with like a knife or something, right? You know, and then Kyle Rittenhouse got scared for his life and safety and just shot him with an AR-15, and then he shot two more people who started attacking him afterwards. And then wow. he wound up being um, acquitted by a jury. And now he sued the, and then they called him a Nazi and white supremacists and did all types of really? shit. Then he sued CNN or the Just viewers. He was yeah. And then he sued like the view and got a $22 million settlement from the view. Like, and he's like, there's all these lawsuits. When did that this are, all happen? It's happened in Kenosha during BLM in, tw- in 2020. And I'm so glad I just focused on Bitcoin, man. I don't have to pay attention to any of this crap. Well, it's, you, it's you gotta, all, you gotta it's buy all. some land and have a farm and grow your own food and become self-sustaining. Cause then, cause then like when, when things do get really bad, I do want to get to a point ultimately where none of this is my problem. Yeah. You need to find a young Alex stranger out there to take over. Well, I mean, it'll happen, but right now I got to do my due diligence. Right. Um, but that's why I got that house in Johnson city, you know, so like, like whatever the public safety, I'm like, listen, Austin's going to shit and this is, ha- this is what's happening. And there's only, I'm going to do my best, but I, I also realize that I'm probably powerless in the short term, but it's also not as much my problem anymore. Cause I don't live in Austin. Yeah, you true. know what I mean? Like, and the value of my, and once Austin goes to shit, the value of my home in Johnson city is going to go up because everyone's going to move there. That's so true, it's just man. like, well, at least I'll be okay. Right. Is how I'm looking at it. And it, it's, it sucks yeah. looking at it like that, but it's just like, you have to you gotta still live yourself. in reality and understand yeah, what's, you gotta sucks. still make your own, make decisions that that's best for you. And everybody should be making decisions best for themselves. Right. But like, yeah, that's, I guess what it is, but I don't know, man. I, um, I'm just going to go to Lake Travis and talk about the Joseph Rosenbaum elementary school. And, you know, Joseph Rosenbaum, he also, Joseph Rosenbaum loved children and, and, you know, just do a Google search on him and you could really see how much he loved little kids car. What does that mean? <laughs> what do you think it means? Oh crap. Yeah. Dude, this is wild times, man. Wild times. But anyway, I don't want to give my whole speech away, but I think like that's going to be the gist of my speech tomorrow. Hopefully you don't air this until, you know. Yeah, probably we'll probably air it Friday or Saturday. Yeah, so there you go. That's I can cool. talk about this and then you can see everything, right? Yeah, we'll post but, it on. Well, well, uh, do you, how fast do you turn around on the posts on, on your side? Like a, you few, post- a few days. I post oh, okay. clips. What I what I do with my stuff is I'll like post clips a day or two later and then just like uh, we can post this know, on Saturday if you want. Yeah, and then, you post whenever you want. Yeah, post, yeah, post I know, on but Saturday. That way, I, that way I can put the uh all the all the links. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah I would love that. Um yeah. 
what I do with mine is I post clips and like try to get subscribers to my Patreon. You know, I'm like, hey, so oh, you have a hey, Patreon? Yeah, yeah. They haven't kicked you off yet. I mean, I have like four subscribers, dude. I don't have any. Like, I barely have any. Really? Subscribers. Well, I have like shill those Patreon. What's Patreon.com/slash/pedicab if you want early access to my episodes. And then, and then also, what's your Bitcoin address, or do you have like a Lightning address? Have you? Ah, uh, I'm gonna show you all that. We'll link it. Okay, but I okay, have cool. an edge wallet that, I, that I, well, you sent me. You sent. I've sent you Bitcoin. Head. Yeah, you sent me Bitcoin before. We need to make you a Lightning wallet so that way you can we can link well, that. Well, that's too. what Strike is, right? Oh yeah, you have a Strike account. I do. Okay. So you're gonna yeah, show yeah. me how to use it. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. All right, let's do that right now. Thanks okay. for coming on the show. I appreciate it. This is so much fun. Hey, um, if you want to check out more Alex Stranger, we'll link everything in the show notes. But uh, I think I think what you're doing is something that, uh, you know, I, I can sit and say and be like, man, there's a guy who really gives a crap about the people around him, his city. And yes, it might look like crazy things that you're doing, but I think this is how you get people to fundamentally change and to take notice and you're you're being that, and and so thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm I'm just doing my best. You know, that's all I can do. Yeah. So, I can't wait to see you in another Ninja Turtle outfit. Yeah. Well, maybe Donatello. We'll see what happens, man. Stay tuned. Get ready. <laughs>